0: Hi, welcome to The Church Split. My name is Will, and let's talk about a topic. Now, I've actually seen split churches, and this is something that's actually very important. I've had this particular passage used on me before as a pastor when I'm doing my job as simply pastoring and rebuking sin. So, we need to talk about this, and I think this is one of those passages that I really need all of you to spread and emphasize this message, whether it's through this video or through correcting people politely. But we have to get, we have to reclaim ownership of some of these passages that are used out of context all the time. So, we've all heard it, judge not lest you be judged. You can't judge me. Only God can judge me. These are the statements we hear all the time. But are they true? Are they true? Well, see, there's only two types of people, it seems. The overly critical or the overly permissive. And the passage that we see so often use here addresses both of these, but people so often claim ownership over it to only allow it to be permissive. In other words, people read the this entire passage like this. Judge not lest you be judged. That's all they read. But the thing is, is that's not what this passage it says. That's, there's so much more to this. In fact, it continues on. It says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So you see, it's already... With just a couple more sentences in this passage, we see that it's not just a blanket statement of no judgment. We see that it's talking about the measurements being used. See, Jesus was during a very specific time where the religion of his age was kind of getting hijacked by certain people, uh, overly emphasizing certain ritual th- purity thoughts or traditions, and he w- and he was noticing this overly critical spirit from individuals. So he's not talking about um, this idea of just, I can't ever say something is bad. He's not saying that. He's not saying I can't look at another person and going, you're wrong. That's bad. He's no, just simply that the measure I use will be used against me as well. So, when the Bible talks about not judging one another, because Paul talks about this too, not judging one another, what does it mean? Because we seem to see two different types of judging. And I remember when I was a teenager and I was just getting interested in theology, I was running around with the judge, not lest you be judged, and I was running around with that idea. And then I realized something uh, when I was at a, my, my dad had a, has a friend that he's been friends with since kindergarten. And I was at his house, I was like, well, you know, we're not supposed to judge people is what I said. And he goes, no, that depends. There's righteous judging and unrighteous judging. And I was like, what? What do you mean? And, I, and, and sure enough, he started talking about it, that there's different ways of wrongful judging. And this has stuck with me ever since. And I'm not sure if he actually knows that this stuck with me. But simply put, when we're told not to judge, we're told, told not to judge someone's thought, heart, or motive. In other words, don't jump to conclusions. That is what it's talking about. When we're told not to judge one another is to remember that we too are sinners. We don't know their thoughts. We don't know their heart. We don't know their motive. So we need to get certain things in check before we start slamming other people. So... You can't you know you can't do these things you can't judge these sorts of things so um, one raised you know think about it as well one person raised in a stable Christian home is going to be very different and have very different temptations in a home that was full sin, where sinfulness is promulgated and even celebrated so here's the thing when we're talking about this that's why Jesus, why God says like maybe in first 1 Samuel 167 very popular passage says but the Lord said to Samuel do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So he's going, hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't judge someone's thought, heart, or motive, or just by their appearance. We need to judge them by their deeds. And this is important. We need to judge someone by their actual deeds that we know. This is why I've been emphasizing so much with all our cultural issues. We'll do a lot better if we start emphasizing values and morals as opposed to anything else. So, Here's the thing. The real question is is who am I to judge someone's heart? That is, let's talk about this first. Who am I to judge someone's heart? I don't know your heart, you don't know my heart. I I know just even doing the church split, a lot of people assume my heart. Uh, I had one person tell me that uh, just by the very name of my channel, Uh, tells them enough about me that I'm just there to stir the pot. And it's funny because I'm like, wow, you really judged my heart there. And in fact, if anyone knows this channel and knows my heart, you would know the fact that I named it ironically because these issues tend to split churches. But I know what it's like to be on the receiving end and I've been on the sending end as well. I have totally judged people's thoughts, heart, and motive. I am not innocent on that. I know I have. But also, this is not to say that we can't judge anything at all. So let me do it, what it's really saying is that we ought not to judge hypocritically. Okay. Hypocritical judgment is basically a boomerang, right? Because what you judge will be judged back to you. It's gonna come back. That is why when you're talking to somebody and they're jumping down your throat sometimes and they're a complete and total hypocrite, right? For example, if I'm going, well, you shouldn't steal, yet you were with me at the store when I stole something, you're gonna be like, dude, you stole too. In fact, I've known people who get mad at like um, a young person for, uh, actually, I'll use this example. I had my uh, grandfather once while smoking a cigarette, look at me and go, don't you ever smoke, son? It's bad for you, it's terrible. Don't you ever smoke? And I was sitting there going, What? Then why do you do it? Right? Like, because we're gonna that's going to naturally be the next question. We've all been on the receiving end of someone's hypocritical judgment when they're judging you on something. So so the question is when you're judging someone, what are you gonna be measured by? Well, you're gonna be measured by the measurement you're using. So this means if someone is sinning and I'm sinning the same way and condemning you. I fall short of my own measurement. I am a hypocrite. And we all are hypocrites to a degree, but it's whether or not I've repented of that sin, right? Like, I might have been this horrible fornicator of the past, but later on, I repented and changed my life, so then me going to a young person, maybe, uh, you know, who's younger than me, who uh, is... Jumping into that lifestyle, I go, no, you can't, don't be a serial adulterer as I was, right? Like, don't do that. And they can't go, well, you did it. Well, no, because I'm now repented of it. That is no longer a sin that I am hypocritical of. I am now speaking from experience of what the devastation of that sin causes. So, that is what we're talking about here when he's talking about the measurements being used. In fact, there's a lot of harsh, judgmental language that God tells us to use against others. How else are we supposed to rebuke false teachers? How else are we supposed to you know, guard the innocent? And how are we supposed to stand for righteousness if we don't know what unrighteousness is? How can we condemn unrighteousness if I'm not allowed to judge unrighteousness? See, this, and that's why even God says, we will judge the angels, because we are, as a creation, different than them, and we are going to be in a certain position of his preference, in all, all honesty. So anyway, however, so here's the thing, if I'm not guilty of that sin, then I will not fall short of my own measurement. So, for example, I might have my own sins, right? Uh, in fact, I tell people all the time, I am one of the least patient people on planet Earth. I am not a patient man. It bothers me. I wish I, I, you know, it's something I'm constantly fixing and trying to fix, and certain days are better than others, right? And there are days where I'm like, man, I really could have snapped there because of that, and I didn't. Victory is mine. But then there's people who might not struggle with impatience. With, Some people are very patient people. But let's say they struggle with lying. Right, so me who doesn't struggle with lying, I struggle with being too open, really. I go up to them and go, Hey man, you lied here, you shouldn't lie. They can't go, Well, you're a hypocrite because you're impatient. Well, no, I'm not using the measurement that's that that when this measurement comes back around of lying, I am innocent. So my measurement holds up. And just like if he didn't struggle with it, he went, Will you need to calm down and stop being so triggered and be more patient? I'd go. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't go, well, you're a liar, right? So again, the measurements we're using, thats how else, how else is iron supposed to sharpen iron if we don't judge each other's iron? We need to do these things. So anyway, and so now let's talk about the speck and the plank because this is the part that we all talk about, like, oh, we'll take the plank out of your own eye before you start judging my speck or whatever. So there is an important thing here that people don't often point out. It says in verse three through five, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. This is devastating to the people who use this passage to be overly permissive, to allow for anything because well I can't judge them. Who am I to judge them? No. He goes, hey, you have a spec. You know, you have a log. They have a spec. Now, what is what is that talking about? Well, is what what is the differences between the. Spe- back in the log. Well, it's the size, right? It's the size. So let's say um, to use uh, serial adultery again, like you're just sleeping around with people. So if I'm sleeping with four different people regularly and I'm rebuking someone who's only sleeping with one person regularly, then I have a plank compared to his speck, you see? Or let's say I am over here, you know, I have a major porn problem and I'm addicted to it, but then this kid over here, he looks it up once a week and I'm telling him how bad it is, or like my grandfather over there smoking a cigarette while telling me not to. Uh, That's a hypocritical judgment. It is going, no, you are not holding up. You have the giant log sticking out of your eye and they're gonna call you on it. And this is where Christians get a bad rep is that we oftentimes condemn people harshly and very critically, but we don't live up to our own measurements. And that is where we uh, get zapped, so to speak, on this. We We get wrecked because people are gonna call it out. So here's the thing. What is the similarities though? So the difference is the size. What is the similarity? They're both the same material. And that's the moral here. That is why I've been saying the measurement. You'll be used on the same measurement. The material is the same. So therefore, I can't judge somebody if I have not yet removed the plank from my eye. Because look right here, what it says, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. And then you'll see clearly to what? Take the speck out of your brother's eye. See how that works? You have to remove the sin that is besetting you before you can try to help remove the sin that is besetting someone else, if they are of the same material, if they are of the same measurement. So, this should clear this up a lot. So first off, this requires judgment for me to go, ooh, that's bad, but I do it too. So now I need to remove this from my eye before I can judge them. And I need to judge them because iron sharpens iron and so, does, uh, and so does a friend sharpen the countenance of his friend. Right? So anyway, we look at people more critically often than we look at ourselves, though. And that's the problems that we do. Like, oh, well, I have this problem, but he really has that problem. We we tend to magnify theirs, and we like to show them judgment, and we prefer to see grace. But we don't like to give grace and receive judgment, see? And the thing is, is that's why it's important to bring grace and truth, judgment with grace and grace with judgment. And I've seen this happen before, where you know, and you've experienced it. I've been on both sides of this. I've been the one giving tons of grace, and the person now wanting to reciprocate any of the grace. And I've also been the one who's been bringing forth judgment while not giving grace. And that was one of the things in ministry I learned very early on. It was, hey, I can always escalate the situation more, but it's always best to show grace, even when. I am completely justified in not showing grace. So uh, Bertrand Russell put it really well. He said this as far as the way we view other people's sins and struggles. I, and this is what he says. I am firm. You are obstinate. He's pigheaded. I have reconsidered. You have changed your mind and he has gone back on his word. See how that works? Well, that's the way we frame things differently for others versus ourselves we make exceptionally gracious things for ourselves we 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 label ourselves so graciously all the time like oh yeah but i just had this one struggle but him he is horrible and evil and he has done all these terrible things that's sad. It really is. So, this picture obviously is ridiculous. Now, we've heard it so many times that it has lost its humorous twist, though, that Jesus was using with his audience as far as the speck in the eye. What a lot of people don't know is that that's actually, he was actually being humorous and kind of cheeky in his culture when he was using these examples. It's kind of lost its, its uh, luster there because we've used it so much out of context. So, we need to respect Jesus' words more clearly. If he's truly your master, you have to respect him more than just using his words out of context. So, remember, here, it is the same material and the same measurement. You can live up to the judgment you pass. Can you, I should say this, can you live up to the judgment you pass on others, or do you first need to remove the plank from your own eye? so here's the thing we are told to properly judge though see this is where the people lose it is the fact that they realize they don't so the overly critical person needs to realize the fact that he needs to remove the plank right the overly permissive person needs to realize that he must at least identify a speck or something to measure by so this hits both of them but The proper judgment, we are told to actually properly judge. So with all this clarified, this context surrounding this moral, we need to understand that this verse is used grossly out of context. So let's address the overly permissive person, okay? The permissive person screams loud and proud that he can't pass judgment and uses uh, these first five verses maybe as his proof text. They take it as we cannot judge ever in any way. They live in their life, they live their life, and I'll live mine. I believe the verses that they use, that we've already used, have already debunked this idea, but they really do have this idea of we cannot judge ever in any way. They live their lives, and I'll live mine. But besides the irony of judging others for judging others, you ever notice that, by the way? How dare you judge someone else? Didn't you just judge me for judging somebody? You see how this doesn't work? It's, it's completely uh, self-defeating. It doesn't work to do this. Uh, that, that's really what's always funny is that when they're like, oh, I, I hear that all the time. Well, how dare you judge them? I'm like, well, you're judging me then. So the question is, who's got the righteous judgment? Who's righteous in their judgment? So people who are overly permissive say, live and let live and all these things. Um, God loves you anyway, right? No matter what, God loves you. It doesn't matter what you do. Uh, they, they, you know, And they don't dare point out other people's sins. And I mean sins they don't have a problem with when I say that. They are very quick, overly permissive people are very quick to judge other people's sins that they don't like. Someone they think is judging too critically, someone they don't like maybe being against homosexuality and all these different things. They're quick to point out the things that they don't like. So basically it's the intolerant tolerant, which we see that in our culture today. This is essentially liberal Christianity uh, to the extreme, which is you can't judge someone's sexual choices, you can't judge them on abortion, you can't judge their drug use. However, they're more than happy to judge someone's self-righteousness, their gossip, and all that. It's very ironic, and, and it has no grounding. So they choose what material to judge, essentially. But Jesus, so that way they don't abuse what he just said, all the people already have. He brings a clarifying thought. So, he's saying, hey, and you know, before you judge someone else, maybe remove the plank from your eye before you, and then maybe you can help them remove their speck and all this. But then he goes on, on to verse six where he says, do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Hold up. I thought we weren't supposed to judge. And right here, he just called people dogs and pigs. See, it's pretty judgmental, doesn't it? And he's telling you to identify them. Do not give dogs what is holy. And do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Jesus doesn't end his discussion of judging with a command of, so just don't judge. He doesn't say, judge not. He goes on to say, do not give pigs And dogs, something that is sacred, do not throw your pearls before swine. If you think verses 1 through 5 prohibit any kind of discerning judgment, then you've got a real problem here in verse 6. Because you've got to use some kind, some sort of criteria to decide who those spiritual dogs and pigs are. There has to be some amount of judgment taking place. So whether or not that judgment is righteous judgment, whether I'm judging them on my preferences or judging them on the moral law of God. In this second statement, Jesus acknowledges the need for making decisions concerning people and behavior that is detrimental to our Christian lives. Verse six stands as a safeguard against an extreme interpretation of verses one through five. It is not the case that Jesus condemns all judging. In fact, he demands that we make judgments. We ought never to look down self-righteously. For example, I had a person recently say that the reason why he doesn't go to church is he knows more than people at church, so he He's better off studying on his own. And, I'm, and he was very self-righteous, very pious. So, we, And he's looking down on these people. Well, we ought never to look down self-righteously. I am not in myself righteous If I am going to judge and condemn somebody, i got to make sure I can live up to my own measurement. I don't have that plank in my eye. And it's not self-righteousness, it's God's righteousness. That is important. So, this is why Jesus said in John 7, 24, Do not judge by appearances, is, but judge with right judgment. So he's saying use the right criteria, not appearances and arbitrary things, not things you don't know, someone's thought, heart, or motive, but to judge righteously. What is right and what is wrong? So 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16, Paul even says, Right there he says the spiritual person judges all things. We ought to judge everything. Is this holy? Is this not? Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are honest, all these different things, what does Paul say? When you are alone, think upon these things. We ought to be thinking on good things, so we ought to judge all things. He also says, tells us to test all things. And then he says, but he himself is judged by no one. The spiritual person is judged by no one. This means that my righteousness and my judgment must come from the Lord and not from myself. And I can't care about what other people judge me as. I can only care about what God says is right and wrong. I have to follow through with this. So Jesus is saying that some people will always live hypocritically as well, right? Some people will always live hypocritically as well. So that's why you don't throw the pearls before the swine. I've made this mistake in my ministry, where I sat there and tried to work with somebody who was going nowhere. And I just kept throwing pearls before swine, pearls before swine. And I realized the fact that at the end of the day, this person went down their merry way anyway. And all I did was waste my time on someone who wasn't being spiritual anyway. They had no interest in spiritual things. And instead of focusing on someone who could have had interest in spiritual things, someone who could have used my discipleship, I wasted on somebody who didn't. And uh, it's one of the things I've become more and more finicky I guess you could say. So to put it bluntly, let's put this bluntly. You can take a pig and put him in a bathtub. You can wash him. You can floss his teeth. You can put a moose on his tail. You can do whatever you want. But when you put him back outside, you know where he'll go? He'll go straight back to the mud. Or as my dad always says, and you've heard it before, you're just putting lipstick on a pig. If it is still a pig, if you're trying to give spiritual thanks to to someone who is a spiritual pig, so to speak, who has no spiritual discernment, no spiritual interest, all I'm doing is putting lipstick on the pig. And this reflects Galatians 6.1. It says, remember, if someone who's overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual go restore such a one. So this person, we ought to go to them and try to restore them, but not force them, not waste our time constantly with them, but you who are spiritual, go restore them. How can I do that? How can I know who is astray if I don't make some sort of judgment? In Matthew 10, Jesus even sent disciples out and said, Look, when you go into a town and they don't have the time of day for you, shake the dust off your sandals and get out of there. He all, and that's, Paul also says, Your blood be on your own head, heads. And he dusted the dust off of his cloak. We see people make judgment calls all the time in Scripture, but it had to be proper judgment calls. Spiritual judgment calls, righteous judgment judgment calls. Not hypocritical ones, not preferential or opinion-based ones, but God-based ones. So anyway, if you're running around and you've been using this uh, as a way to be overly permissive, don't. Stop. Use righteous judgment. Understand the ways of God. Study what God what pleases him and the morality God gives and use his morality and use on the, and only speak on the authority of the word of God. You have no authority in yourself. All of the authority for the Christian is in and of itself from scripture and scripture alone. So use that, okay? Don't use your own self-righteousness, don't use your own piousness. It doesn't work. And same with and and maybe if if you're you know overly critical, back off. Ask yourself, can I hold up to my own measurement? Because remember, the measurement you use on them will be used towards you. It's that spiritual boomerang we were talking about. So anyway, I hope this video was helpful for you. Do me a favor. Like, subscribe to the channel, uh, comment, share this around with people. And also, uh, if you haven't, go ahead and try to partner with us on Patreon. If you'd be willing to buy just us a coffee, just... whatever you can, would be helpful. We want to get more equipment so we can do more things, and we can't do that alone. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Will, and this has been The Church Split.